everybody. Good evening. My name is Jessica. I am uh, humbled and honored that the Serenity House of Flint asked me tonight to join their webinar and discuss um, the holistic pathway to recovery and my experience with that. Uh, I want to start out just um, for a second to say thank you to Tabe for her support and to Serena for um, the guidance uh, to get along with this and then um, Tara Marino for um, also inviting me along in this process and, and guiding the Serenity House of Flint to do all of the amazing work that they do. Um, it's a powerful, orga powerful organization and um, I'm just really grateful to be a part of it for this, this brief moment in time. So um, I am going to begin just with a couple moments of quiet meditation. Um, I have a smudge stick that I created for my herb garden um, and a little candle. So I am just going to light it. I'm going to take a brief moment. If you are watching this, um, I want to invite you to close your eyes, uh, to invite spirit in, whatever that means to you, uh, for you to listen and hear the things that you need to hear tonight. I'm going to invite spirit in for myself to speak the words that need to be spoken tonight and for the connection to be as authentic as possible. Maybe a few deep breaths with me. Breathing in through the nose. Letting it go out of the mouth. For me, it's sighing away nerves. Maybe for you, it's sighing away any distractions of the day. All right, awesome. So I feel a little bit more calm and maybe you feel a little bit more centered and focused. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna start by sort of qualifying myself why I'm here to talk with everybody tonight. Um, my name is Jessica. I am a person living in long-term recovery. Um, <clears throat> I have uh, over five years, around five and a half years working different programs of recovery and um, refining myself after a life of addiction. That is a beautiful gift today. And I'm so grateful to be able to say that to everybody. Um, so I also uh, am a leader in the holistic field. I consider myself a, um, a holistic group facilitator. So I lead uh, many different types of holistic groups. I am a certified yoga teacher. I teach at a yoga studio in Holly as well as um, personally, privately in Northern Oakland County. I have also been trained and certified to lead yoga for 12-step recovery. That is a specific program that um, I took the training on and uh, love leading Y12SR classes. I've led Y12SR in um, inpatient treatment centers and sober living houses um, around uh, Flint, the Flint area. Um, let's see. I also have been trained to lead cacao ceremonies, which is a plant medicine. Um, and as far as the rest goes, it's pretty much just my own experience with things. And then um, I do my best to bring that to other people because leading and teaching is what brings me my fire. Uh, it's my passion and I believe my purpose. Um, 
so tonight what I'm going to do and the way that I'm going to structure the chat is basically an open talk. Um, if you're familiar with what those words are, then um, you'll know what I'm talking about. But basically, I'm going to share my own experience, strength and hope through my recovery pathways um, focusing on the holistic pathway of recovery. I have many different pathways of recovery. I'm definitely going to share about the other ones that have assisted me to get me where I am today. But tonight I'm going to focus on the holistic tools that are in my toolbox and why they have fueled my recovery and how I practically apply them in my everyday life. Um, so I began my journey of recovery in um, April of 2015. It was, you know, I don't like to talk too much about what it was like because it's different for every person, but I definitely touch on the feelings that I had because that is the same with every person who is looking to find some pathway of recovery. Um, we're all recovering from something, right? I absolutely believe that. So, um, it doesn't matter exactly what we were choosing to use as substances or what we were doing the way that our lives were going or the consequences that we had from our addiction. What matters is that we were feeling very empty, right? This sort of black hole had started to form and and it was sucking in everything from around our lives into the black hole. And, And as it was fed with pain and suffering, it grew bigger and it sucked in more. And that's something that I think most people can relate to, right? And this, this need to stop the vacuuming action, like that, that soul sucking uh, feeling that was, you know, 24 hours a day happening in my life. Um, I did start my journey of recovery and continue to practice the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I know it's supposed to be an anonymous situation, but I am speaking to a people, a group of people in recovery. So I'm going to break my own anonymity there. Um, I started out my my pathway of recovery in the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And today that is my main pathway of recovery. Mm, but the holistic pathway of recovery has been with me since before I even found Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I started doing yoga when I was 15 years old. So, um, that's the exact time that I started drinking and using drugs and having sex was all at age 15. So I know that, um, nothing happens in spirits universe by mistake. And there was a reason that like yoga was a part of my addiction. Um, it, I believe kept me alive for many of the years that I was suffering the most yoga has been my main tool of recovery, I would say. In fact, um, for me personally, it is almost equal in value to my 12-step recovery program. Um, And there's a reason why it's so powerful to me. And that is because just like my 12 steps of recovery, I practice the principles of yoga in all of my affairs. Um, it's not just the one hour that I go to do yoga on my mat. I practice the yogic philosophies and principles every day, all day long. And um, with any pathway of recovery, right, it's a lifestyle that we're choosing to learn and to nurture. That's very important to me um, to know that like this nurturing of my relationship 
with my recovery is never going to end. It's like a child. I'm going to have to learn and grow and adapt my nurturing to this relationship for the rest of my recovery. Um, so that was like a big deal for me to have yoga in addiction and then to uh, grow along with that relationship and already have that in my toolbox when I started active recovery. Um, I wanted to also touch on something a little bit as I'm going to speak about these uh, tools that specifically help me. I'm going to speak in an authentic way, which um, for me is a lot less sciencey and a lot less um, like textbook factual information and a little bit more personal experience because that's just how I roll. That's how I teach when I teach yoga, when I teach uh, group facilitation, um, any groups that I lead, it's, it's very emotional based and it's very experience driven versus facts and science. And that's cool because like, there's a lot of people out there that are driven by facts that do have this mind for science and remembering terms. And it's just the thing that gets their fire going. Uh, it is not mine. And so I'm going to just be honest and upfront about that right away, because, um, you know, you can look up all this stuff if you need to, I can provide links. And if you want to reach out to me after the webinar, I am so happy to answer personal questions or to, uh, connect you with the sites and the sources that back up the sort of things I'm saying. But mostly again, all I have to share is my own story, my own personal experience. Um, that's why I'm going to, not use the word should a lot, like you should, or, you know, that type of thing, because every single person and every single recovery is so vastly different. I really hold space for that. Um, I want to make sure that when I'm sharing these things, it's sort of like um, a warning. This is my own personal recovery. Please do what is best for you and your recovery. It's very important. Um, so like I mentioned that yoga has been with me since the beginning of my recovery. Um, however, when I was practicing yoga and active addiction, it was very much just that one hour a week, right? I would go there or a couple of days a week, whenever I chose to do yoga, I would go and I would do the motions on the mat. I would take away some of the heartfelt stuff the yoga teacher said, and then I would go home and I would drink. <laughs> Most of what I was um, thinking about during class was getting home and drinking. Like, okay, I'm here because I love yoga. Um, but really I think when I look back on it, a lot of what I loved about yoga was this um, ego attached to the process of it. Um, I loved posting pictures on Instagram. I loved telling people that I do yoga all the time. I loved uh, this superficial attachment to what I thought yoga meant in the world and what it meant to attach the word yogi to my name. Um that is something that has been completely shattered to pieces since recovery has started for me. My ego attached to my yoga practice has fallen away entirely. And it is such a beautiful gift to have that ego deflation process happen. Um, for me, I think the 12 steps for that. But of course, I think a lot of my recovery for the yoga and the, the practices that I've learned in it. Um, I did want to touch, I'm going to describe a little bit in more depth the way that yoga helps me in my recovery um, is a lot more than people think, right? When you think of what a yoga practice is, most people think of downward facing dog and moving on a mat. 
um, that type of thing. But yoga is actually uh, more of a lifestyle than it is one hour in a, an exercise program. Just like the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, I actually did my um, final paper, my final project in yoga teacher training on comparing the way that the 12 Steps align with the, the lifestyle of a yogini. Um, it's so cool how similar they are. And that just goes to show me that um, it doesn't really matter what way you want to recover, but the key points that we are trying to heal in our body and in our mind and our soul are covered in all of the different programs of recovery, right? Like whether you're going this way or that way or this way or that way, all of these ways are going to try a little bit to touch on the same things. And um, that's really beautiful. Uh, so there uh, is the yoga comes from the, the Western world, really nor near India and, and that type of area. And it's called Ashtanga yoga. And we practice derivatives of Ashtanga yoga here in the Eastern side of the world. And there are eight limbs to Ashtanga yoga. All of them are equal in value and equal in importance, right? Only one of those limbs is physical movement on the mat, right? Only one of the eight. And not a lot of people know that. So to gain the true tool of yoga means much more than going for one hour and moving your body on a mat. As much as that's awesome, totally amazing to heal the body and stretch out all of our, you know, pockets of pent up energy and anxiety and toxins and impurities. As much as the movement on the mat is important, there's all of these other aspects to it, which I think people miss out on. And they're like, what? I'm going to yoga. Why am I not like feeling the goodness from it? And the fact is that there's a lot more to it than what, what we know. Um, one of the other eight limbs of the Ashtanga yoga is meditation. Obviously that's a, a section of holistic recovery in and of itself. I will touch on that in a little bit. Pranayama is the, uh, the third limb of Ashtanga yoga, and that is breath work. This is such an amazing tool for every human being, especially folks in recovery, right? I think one of the um, biggest problems is our thinking, right? Our inability to control the thoughts that come into our mind. And then this um, process that happens of listening to the thoughts, uh, sort of processing them on a really deep level and taking them for truth when in fact they are most definitely almost always not the truth, right? We are not our thinking. And a lot of times our thoughts are untrue or false beliefs or things that we have to really spend a lot of time, many, many years rewriting the narrative to have the true thoughts come in first. So this breath work, this idea of pranayama is such a gift to slow down our thinking process. And the reason that it's so helpful is it's with us all of the time. 24 hours a day, as long as our heart is beating, we have breath in our lungs and we are able to, to work with this no matter where we are. In traffic, in line at the grocery store, holding our little baby as they are crazy, crying their head off, right? This is a tool that is with us all of the time. And so that's a, a reason why I like to focus on it as one of my greatest tools in my arsenal because it is so handy, right? Oils are great. Sage is great. Crystals are cool. But like, what if they're not right there, 
right? What, what do you need right at the last minute? And the breath is always with you. So um, I wanted to all, again, just offer like a quick little tool. When I mentioned I would share my experience with these things, I'm going to share a couple stories and then I'm going to offer a tiny um, moment where we could do a little bit of breath work together. And then I'll kind of move forward with a little bit more yoga. Um, one of my favorite stories to share about breath work is, um, I was in labor with my second daughter and I was in recovery at the time and it was beautiful. I, I had this beautiful hypnobirth planned. Um, I had all of my natural birthing options in line and I had practiced them and I committed to them. And, uh, one of them was breath work. And so I, um, was able to go 12 hours in active labor in the hospital simply by breathing a pranayama technique called Ujjayi pranayama, which is a deep nostril breath, uh, constricting these muscles at the base of our throat. The ones that we use when we sigh, I used that breath for 12 straight hours and it, it kept my mind and body in a place of control and a place where um, I felt connected to the physiological changes that were happening. It was beautiful guys. And it absolutely had a physiological effect on the pain level that I was experiencing. Um, certainly pain is real. We have pain, but it's something that we are able to control to some extent with our mindset and with our choices of um, remedy, right? And that was the remedy that I chose to use for that. And it, it was beautiful, it worked out really well. And then um, later on when she was a small baby and, and not quieting down, right? I would hold her on my chest and I would breathe again those same ocean wave breaths, pranayama ujjayi. And um, she would calm down because of that gentle sound. And the thing is that sound calmed me down as well. Having a crying baby, being a mom in recovery at the time, um, I was going through a lot of Al-Anon issues with my baby's father. He was out actively using, lying, cheating, and stealing from me. And I was, I was really suffering inside internally. I was suffering. And I knew that that was a dangerous place with my recovery, that I had to take care of myself during that time. And so the Ujjayi Pranayama, when she would get so crazy and it would be so hard to deal with, it would help me calm down as it helped her calm down. And um, such, such an easy thing, right? It's free. It's there with you all the time. Very simple. And this is something that you would learn in most yoga classes. This isn't something you would have to go to a special workshop to learn. Most yoga classes teach you Jaya Pranayama every time you go. And so that's one of the most awesome things. Um, I did want to just touch on one little bit of breath work with you guys. That's another beautiful gift to calm down. It is called Nadi Shadana. I'm going to just demonstrate for a few minutes. If you want to play along with me, if you happen to be on and, and you're not in line at the grocery store, you can definitely just play along with this one. Nadi Shadana is alternate nostril breathing. This is another beautiful breath work practice that calms the central nervous system, helps to activate um, the relaxation response, which is um, a physiological chemical response that happens in our body that sort of combats the stress response. So our stress response kicks on all of these chemicals, neurotransmitters, hormones that are flowing, coursing through our bodies. And based on um, where we are at in life, the way that our mind is working or what we're choosing to do, we're either usually in the stress response or in the relaxation response. 
So this is a quick and easy way to just kick on that relaxation response right away. We keep our lips sealed. There are parasympathetic nervous system receptors in our lips. So when they are sealed, the body sort of automatically kicks on safe, calm. We're not breathing through our mouth, which means that we're not really in any danger physically. So the body can sort of start to check off right away. We are clicking towards relaxation response. So Nadi Shadana, what we're going to do is we're going to place our right thumb on our right nostril and close it. Breathe in through the left. Breathe out through the left. Take the pointer finger, close the left nostril, open the right, breathe in. Breathe out. Close the left, open the, oh, open the left. <laughs> Close the left, open the right, breathe in. Breathe out. Super simple. Another tool to add the toolbox to, to quiet the thinking when things are swirling or when you're feeling that um, anxiety feeling in the belly, right? Like you did something wrong, you broke mom's face and you're afraid for her to come home. But the fact is you're an adult and there's no reason why you're feeling that feeling right now. That's just anxiety. It's something that a lot of humans have to deal with. Super simple tools to help combat that, right? We have to be on guard in our recovery. We have to consistently be proactive in quieting these symptoms before they gather strength, right? Before they're like a snowball and, and they're going down the hill and, and getting bigger and bigger. So these are really simple options to grab right at the last minute when you're, you know, have nothing else around you. The breath is so, so beautiful. Hmm. So that's only three limbs of eight in Ashtanga yoga, right? Like I could spend my entire hour here simply talking about one of my tools, which is yoga, right? There are so many others. I'm not going to spend a ton more time talking about yoga just a little bit, because like I mentioned, it is my main course of, of holistic, um, tools, but I have a lot of other awesome things too that I want to talk about. So uh, moving on, I'm going to skip over a few of the other limbs and I want to just touch on two other limbs real quick. Um, these are called the yamas and the niyamas. And what these are, are um, codes of ethics that people who practice yoga and who live the yogic lifestyle agree upon, that we agree upon these codes of ethics, that we are going to do our best to grow and cultivate a life that honors these, there's 10 of them. There's five yamas and five niyamas. Um, what they are, are um, some of them relate to the outside world and some of them relate to your inner world. So <clears throat> the ones that relate to your inner world, um, let me see if I can re recall them right off the spot. I might miss a couple of them, but, um, basically, you know, there are things like keeping yourself clean and that doesn't even mean physically clean. Of course we are better when we are physically clean, but I'm a dirty hippie. So I'm not preaching to any choir out there about that. It means a lot to keep your soul clean, your, your, um, the things that you're putting into your body pure, uh, 
your house clean, you know, things like that tidy, because we are able better to focus and to relate with our world when things are clean. Some of the other ones are um, like controlling your sexual desires, right? Like being and honoring something that is true to you regarding these things. That might mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And again, it's just something to explore, something to nurture and grow through your recovery. Um, personally, my recovery has grown in so many different ways that I never thought even had anything to do with recovery, right? Recovery is like drugs and alcohol. No, recovery is healing that vacuum in my heart and soul. And, and a lot of the things that were feeding that were not just drugs and alcohol. And um, so, you know, some paying attention to these yamas and niyamas really helped me to cultivate a, a more moral compass that I choose to follow. Um, some of the other ones are, um, right, like um, minimizing the outside stimulation in your life. So noticing, like, do I always have the TV on or the radio on? Or am I always looking to hang out with somebody just because sitting and being still and quiet is um, uncomfortable for me, right? Again, just noticing, paying attention to how much outside stimulation are we putting in us? Um, are those things pure? The magazines we're choosing to read, the shows we're choosing to watch, are they nurturing us? Or are they in some ways um, maybe feeding the darkness or robbing from the serenity? that type of thing. Um, you know, the body can't really tell difference between real fear and perceived fear. So like for me, I've noticed watching horror movies and stuff totally activates the, the sympathetic nervous system, which is my flight or fight response. And so like sitting there for two hours watching a scary movie, um, like actively is releasing chemicals and hormones in my body that are like somewhat damaging. Um, so we have to be very mindful of the amount of time that we're allowing this kind of stuff to happen. And again, we're all making our own choices. I cannot emphasize that enough. I promise I'm not preaching simply things that I've noticed and things I've learned along the way. Um, so some of the other yamas and niyamas, the ones that relate with the outside world, don't lie, don't steal. Don't have things that don't belong to you. That's as simple as like today I had to return a book to a friend. She let me borrow one, right? And it's been sitting on my car seat for like a week and a half, taking up mental space in my brain. I need as much mental space in my brain as possible. I don't know about you guys, but like my brain doesn't work all that well. So I need all of that space, right? So it's as simple as returning things that don't belong to you or, um, you know, I, I'll never forget this one time I was going through teacher training and I was walking through Costco and um, I found a pretty cool bracelet on the ground, like not a big deal, nothing that it looked like anybody would be missing, no charms that were important, pretty simple. Most of the time you're like, oh, cool, ground find, right? Like not a big deal. This is just a bracelet I found that's really neat. But as I was like walking through the store with it on my wrist, I kept thinking like, well, this doesn't belong to me. And, and again, it's, I don't believe it was stealing or anything like that bad, but just the fact that like, I don't know where it came from. And every time I look at it, I'm going to think that I don't know where it came from. And so I just took it back up to the, the Costco counter, you know, even though again, it wasn't anything of value and I doubt anybody would be coming to look for it, but that's something that like changed as I grew through recovery is becoming more mindful about where my mental space is being expended, where I'm allowing, um, 
my yoga teacher calls it like my mental bandwidth, right? Like this amount of Wi-Fi kind of that we have streaming through our brain any any point in time. The more browsers you have opened, the slower your bandwidth is going to go. Like I got to close those things out. I got to X them out. I got to return the book. I got to put the bracelet back at the counter. I got to close these windows so that my brain is running as clearly and as focused um, on the things that are important and open and right in front of me at any given time. So I think that's, I, I really, there's so many more. I'm, I could keep going, but I'm not going to, okay? Uh, the last limb of Ashtanga yoga, the eighth limb is a connection with your higher power. Does that ring any bells? Does that ring any, any 12 step bells for anybody out there or um, not even 12 steps, right? But like most human beings uh, desire and cultivate a connection with a higher power, something greater than ourselves, right? That is um, healing in all most modalities of recovery. Um, I'm not going to apologize for my relationship with my higher power. I'm certainly not going to use certain words that would turn other people off because um, I want the most people to find recovery as possible. My message needs to be um, very carefully honed to touch as many hearts as possible. And so I choose my words very carefully to not turn anybody off, but higher power, whatever way you want to look at that is, is important in most pathways of recovery. And it is important in my 12 step pathway of recovery and my holistic pathway of recovery. Right. Um, I do believe that like the clearer my connection with higher power is, um, that I work towards keeping those channels as clear as possible with my holistic tools, um, cleansing energies with sage and rosemary as I did right before the, the call started, right? Like I believe that growing my own organic herbs, tying them up with intention, drying them in my bed for, or I hang them near my bed, <laughs> like drying them for weeks next to my bed, you know, as I, I breathe on them every night and I, I place intention on them when I wake up in the morning and then tying them up into bundles and allowing that um, smudge to just sort of center my mind and heart and body. All of these things clear the channel for spirit to work through me. And that is my ultimate goal in recovery. And that might not be everybody's goal. It might be to be a better mom or a better employee or just to not be poisoning our systems every day. But my goal in recovery personally is to be a clear channel for spirit to work through me every single day, every moment of every day. And I'm the one who chooses what I allow to block that channel. Um, holistic things help me to clear the channel over and over again, multiple times a day. Um, it's also pretty cool because like, yes, I can work the principles of a 12 step program anytime, anywhere, but like getting to a meeting is not exactly always easy, right? Especially the last six months or a year, getting to meetings was impossible for a while. So these, um, holistic pathway of recovery, there's, it's nice because these things are sort of at my fingertips. You know, I can find and use these things all the time, meditation, breath work, yoga. I can do yoga anywhere that I want to move my body, you know, any, anywhere. I could even do it in the grocery aisle <laughs> if I wanted to. Um, so that's something really cool. I'm going to take a little shift now. I'm going to check in with time. Let me click. Okay, cool. We're good. I might make it till the end guys. <laughs> I'm going to take a sip of tea just because tea is good. So excited to be here talking to you guys tonight. It fills my heart with passion. I haven't smiled this much in weeks. It's going to feel good that my cheeks hurt at the end of this talk. Um, so 
I do love plants. Ah, is there anybody who like doesn't love plants to death? Um, again, my journey of recovery has been so beautiful when I look back on it because, um, I probably couldn't have kept the plant alive at the beginning of my recovery at all. <laughs> and slowly, but surely as things have cleared away, as parts of my body have healed and part of my mind has healed, um, my interests, my passions have completely shifted to the more natural world. That was not something I chose to do actively on my own. Uh, that was something that just happened in my recovery. Um, like for an example, when I was in active addiction, I wore tons of makeup all the time. I used like million products. My shower was full of a million different products and all this kinds of stuff. And as I have worked through my pathway to recovery and, and worked through finding more natural ways of living first by removing a fifth of vodka from my body a day, then by removing a ton of marijuana and by removing pornography, then by removing energy drinks, then by removing blah, 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 blah. Um, na nature, nature has just taken a hold in my heart, right? I've always loved hiking and stuff, but like I have never connected more in my life to this earth, to mother nature and to what we are doing and giving back with her. And, and the way she can heal us. Um, this is my second higher power, right? I have a father in heaven I call God. And I have a mother here that I call Mother Earth. And it is equally as valuable and important to me in my pathway of recovery to keep my connection clear to that divine mother as it is to my divine father. Um, through my love of plants and through um, finding out more, just al allowing that passion uh, to grow and, and fuel my recovery, I found um, essential oils, which are a fabulous tool for my recovery. Uh, they have made such an impact on my wellness and the wellness of my family. I cannot describe to you enough. So in the beginning of my recovery, it was all about addiction, uh, recovery from substances, 12 steps. Um, as I've moved forward, it's much less about drugs and alcohol and a lot more about my physical well-being overall, right? Like I finally quit killing myself. Now, how am I going to heal myself? And that was a huge revelation to start, right? Um, I started with essential oils. That was my beginning of my process for healing myself. Every time I would reach for a Motrin or some type of um, over-the-counter medications, I was just feeling this call to um, put them down, right? Like that they were not serving my body in the best way that I could be served. So I started to seek out natural remedies for things like the common cold or things like, um, you know, a, a hangnail or acid indigestion or, or those type of things. And I was led to use essential oils. Um, I started to learn about them from a friend of mine. I started to join some groups that she educated through the groups. And I learned the power behind these potent plant medicines. Um, it, it's been beautiful. Ever since then, my family has been able to make such a switch, right? We started to remove all chemicals from our home. This has been huge for my recovery. I think that people minimize and underestimate and are simply not aware of the powerful chemicals that are being used in our everyday life.
Now, there's a lot of chemicals we can't avoid. There are chemicals in the air that we breathe, chemicals in the food that we eat, chemicals in the products that we choose to use in our homes. Now, the things that seems the simplest to me are the things that I choose to put through the door of my home. Now, my children don't go out and buy the cleaning supplies, right? I do. So I had to make the choice to be the gatekeeper for my home. What am I choosing to come through the door? And through my research and and, uh, journey using essential oils, I found that many things, even through the stores, are not labeled safely. They're, They're labeled with like clean fonts and leaves around the words. So you think that they're healthy, but they're not removing all of these chemicals from our home has helped to reset a lot of our body systems, right? Like, um, a lot of the sprays, Windex or whatever it is we're choosing to use has, um, hormone disruptors, endocrine disruptors, things that actually change our moods, change our physiological well-being. And removing that was simply another step in my recovery. And it was amazing. So now my family chooses to use nothing from the stores pretty much. We, um, we make a, a lot of our own products um, using baking soda, vinegar, really simple ingredients that I know are like God's gifts, Mother Earth's gifts back to us, right? These are pure products that the earth has created, um, you know, certain things like that. And then adding essential oils, not only for our physical well-being, but our emotional well-being. That is something that I want to focus on so much for just the next couple of minutes. Um, I'm going to take one of those little breaks where I sort of give a practical application, how to use essential oils, what they are, why would I do this? Um, There are so many different blends, so many different brands. Just make sure you're using a therapeutic brand. I don't uh, associate or try to sell any one brand. Um, Just know that there are some that have junk and there are some that are pure. So do your research try to find the pure ones, and then just start exploring. Again, there's no right or way to start. It had to be a baby step. It had to be just deciding. I'm going to go buy some. That was the first step, right? Starting to diffuse them during my bed at night next to me instead of, um, you know, needing to take a sleeping pill or something like that. I would just choose to put on the essential oils. Um, There are a couple blends here that I just wanted to show just for an example that have really helped me. One is called Clarity. One is called Transformation. Many different brands have many different blends. They all do the same thing. And the fact is that their plant matter um, is the same. They're all made up of just different plants that already grow on this earth, which is so beautiful. Uh, Some of these are, you know, simple tools. Uh, You have to have them on you. That's something to remember. Um, So if you don't have them, the breath work is key, but something as simple as um, feeling really disjointed. Like a lot of times when my kids come home from school, things are swirling. It's like, okay, we're shifting from the day to the evening. What are we making for dinner? Where do they have to run around and do this or that? And um, I need a moment, right? I need to take a moment to refocus and to ground, to center transfer my energy and my thought process to what's next. Um, It can be a super simple second to just take an oil, put a drop in your hand, rub it together and smell it. Let's do it together for a second. Super simple. If you have no experience with oils, just try. I promise.
Mm. Aromatherapy is absolutely a biological mechanism. Like I mentioned, those physiological changes that can come from meditating, from the parasympathetic nervous system, from the, the things that we are choosing to do, physiological and biological benefits actually happen. This happens when we smell aromatherapy oils. Right away, the body starts to make some changes. Those uh, microscopic air molecules head right into the body. They provide a biological mechanism, right? This is very real. There's been tons of studies and research done on it. Again, science isn't my bag, baby, but you can Google it and figure it out. I have chosen and, and found some friends who are so good at that stuff that they just teach me and I just listen and, and I believe what they have to say. Um, anyways, oh, I cannot stress enough this bottom line notion of please slowly remove chemicals and toxicities from your life. And this doesn't just have to mean cleaning chemicals, right? It's in the foods that we eat. I'm only just barely starting out my holistic recovery regarding the food and the fuel that I put in my body. I'm somewhat ashamed to admit, but also not because it's my time. It's the way that my recovery was supposed to go. And recently I'm giving up caffeine, which is huge in my recovery. I gave up energy drinks only about nine months ago. That's not that long. Um, you know, I don't like to say that, that, you know, even nine months ago, I was drinking energy drinks, but it's just my story. And, you know, maybe they don't bother some people. It doesn't matter. Um, but for me, it was, it was my next step, right. To remove that added stimulant, to bring my body down to a place of neutral, natural, where I can then feel and hone in, keep that channel clear to what is naturally happening in my body with feeling when I need to rest, I should rest feeling that when I have energy, it's natural and it's supposed to be there. And I'm supposed to be getting those things done at that time. Right. And then through that experience, I have been able to feel my body's natural rhythms more and, and to see, oh, I need better fuel, right? If, if I'm not feeling good, it's because of the fuel that I'm putting in my body and choosing to eat more organic. And I've recently added in supplements, which, um, through my pathway of recovery, I sort of judged at first, um, as I was becoming more natural, as I was removing chemicals and toxicities from the body, I sort of saw supplements as a crutch. Like if I need that, I should be getting it from food, right? Or I should be getting it from God. He should be guiding me to the things that I need, right? It's, this outside stuff is just garbage and it's just um, like big pharma and companies and the healthcare field is just another big business, right? Trying to sell me stuff that's really just going to make my pee expensive. That's what I've heard in the past vitamins do, right? That they aren't even really absorbed in the correct way. But I've learned better than that recently and um, started to supplement with some pure things that I've done the research on and, you know, adding a multigreen or adding a magnesium. Some of these things have really helped with depression, with fatigue, with some of the things that I was battling. And, and again, breaking down my ego along the way. Every single time that I learn something new, that I find an, a new way, my ego is taken down just a little bit more, right? And I'm, I'm um, 
comforted. I'm blanketed with the fact that there is help out there, that I don't have to do these things alone. There's community in the holistic field. There is so much community that is surrounding this pathway of recovery. Just like our pathway into um, the 12 steps, our community is key. Fellowship is essential. Says it right there. You have to have it, right? So why wouldn't it be there with the holistic community? We don't expect you to sage your house and to hold your crystal and to feel better. You need other people, right? The Serenity House of Flint has so many beautiful programs that bring human beings together, right? That give you eye contact, that give you other people who are supporting you, who believe in the way that you are choosing to find recovery and want what's best for you. That love, that connection, that fuel is so key. So just know that as we're making these choices, whether it's yoga or oils, there are communities that surround these tools. I have a complete oily community. I have a complete yogi community. You need this as um, part of sort of, I guess I would imagine like taking any supplements, right? Like if you're going to take something in your body and it has like a hard, rough capsule, that's not going to dissolve. You're not going to absorb anything. That's kind of what community is. It helps you to break down these walls and barriers surrounding the things that you're trying to have absorb into your body, soul, into your mind to help connect and unite these things as one. Um, it's super important to me. Community is everything. And, and growing my relationships in the holistic community has really helped to um, nourish the heart and the body and the mind-soul connection. Let me check my time. We've talked about oils for a little bit. I will talk just a little bit more about um, plant medicines. There are so many out there. This is another way. Um, personally, I'm just going to touch on a few things that are holistic, but that are not exactly something I have grown to utilize yet. But like crystals, which are super cool. I have some of them. Um, I know what they do, but I've not yet taken to setting intentions regarding those type of things. Uh, Reiki is a fabulous, amazing energy tool. You find a gifted Reiki practitioner that can help you to realign your energies, open your channels, release blockages. Acupuncture is fabulous. I know that I think Serena does AccuDetox at Serenity House of Flint. That is a fabulous way to um, just release, right? Open and release. That's what we're looking to do to heal. Uh, there are so many other modalities that, you know, I can't even get into gong meditations, sound bathing, sound healing is huge. Um, there's a fabulous drumming circle um, organization called Strongheart Drum Medicine. They are located in uh, Genesee County it, around the Fenton area. They have a ton of events. I'm pretty sure that they've worked at Serenity House before. Strong heart drum medicine, right? They call it medicine because it is just that. Um, even drumming, chanting, alming, using the voice, harnessing these energies, heal, heal the body. People play music for plants, right? They play music for babies. Um, music, we, as we know, heals our own energy, right? So these sounds, the beats, the rhythm, this is an actual physiological medicine. Again, not exactly, I don't know the words or the, the hormones or the chemicals that come out, but um, Ool, who runs Strong Heart Drum Medicine, he certainly does. And um, I've been to quite a few of their events. If you're interested in that, that's another community 
to reach out to, to find, to explore, to heal our ailment, right? Our physical ailments, our emotional ailments. Um, I could go on. There are a lot more other modalities that I have hopefully the rest of my life to explore, but I have not quite gotten there yet. I am growing most recently into my relationship with herbs and my relationship with the outdoors here in Michigan. Foraging wild food, learning more about that has been something that is so fun to me. Um, Literally, I got like, I felt this amazing high when I started to harvest elderberries this year. Um, I joined a foraging group on Facebook for some community and for some uh, education. And I was able to find and harvest all of these elderberries towards the end of August. This is a berry that grows wild in Michigan. It's probably in your neighborhood and you don't even know about it. And when you boil it down and when you make a syrup out of it, it can um, help heal viral and infections. It can um, prevent viral infections from expanding and growing on themselves. So like at the first hint of flu or colds, taking some elderberry, um, and I give it to my children. We take it as our flu shot. Um, you know, immunizations are one thing. They're, they're personal choices, right? But like there are a lot of holistic options, alternatives, uh, additives, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Supplements, right? To just supplement. Like, sure, go get your flu shot, but can't hurt to take some elderberry. So uh, that's been my biggest current change and transition is harvesting and learning more about God's green earth, mother, my beautiful mother nature right here in my own backyard. Um, I found some stinging nettle in my backyard. That's another medicinal herb. Uh, There's a lot all over the place that um, art can heal and grow and guide. Um, Most recently, the month of November is um, a month to focus on something called mugwort. It's local. We can find it anywhere. Um, And that helps with visioning, right? Like helping to ask spirit to give us guiding through our visions. Like what is your vision for me and how can I practically apply that today and, and asking for extra help through our open channels. We've done the work to keep them open. And now what is the message? Where can I get that? And where can I find it from? Some people find it in tarot. Some people find it in crystals. Some people find it in um, other connection with human beings, right? We hear our words that we need to hear through other people. So herbs can just be another way to help guide that channel to grow it. I do have um, an organic herb garden that I have in in my house and I grew the most fabulous garden this year. Thanks to quarantine. gave me this beautiful focus to get out there in the yard to, to soak the dirt and the microbes into my body. Um, cool story. I actually just took a shower before I was going to get on here and talk to you guys because I don't want you to smell me through the screen. You probably would have been able to do that. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was actually just washing the dirt out of my feet from the last like three days of being uh, barefoot outdoors right? The weather has been beautiful and just being outside, doing all my fall cleanup without shoes on, getting all that soil microbes into my body and not washing it off right away. Like why, why do we need to wash it off right away? The soil is beautiful and it has healing properties. Um, most of our food that we're eating in the grocery stores and, um, bringing into our house has no 
dirt on it, right? There's no dirt left on, on there. And so a lot of human beings are deficient in vitamin B12 because we get vitamin B12 from the soil. But like, if you think about hundreds of years ago, you know, you didn't take your potato and scrub it clean. You kind of just cooked your potato and ate it. There might've been some dirt on it, which gives you vitamin B12, which human beings need for energy. So learning all of this is a lifetime exploration, friends. This is something that we are gifted, this ability to be clear-minded. Once the drugs and alcohol are gone, we can now explore what our recovery means to us. We have the world at our fingertips. Um, The holistic pathway is definitely my path. It's where I'm going. It's what I was made here to put on this earth to do, right? To guide and lead others through it. Um, and, and to stay present, doing it one day at a time, doing it one minute at a time. I try really hard not to get too ahead of myself and to plan or prophesy or um, see grand vision, right? I need microscopic vision. I need vision right in front of me today. What is my purpose? What is my goal today? And how am I going to complete that to the best of my abilities using the beautiful gifts that God has put on this earth and that um, I can cultivate within myself? Um, I guess that's all. I sort of feel a wrapping up happening in my heart. I want to take a couple more breaths with you guys to just sort of process things that you've heard and to thank you. I want to send my gratitude through this screen to all of the people who listened tonight, even if it was just for a few moments, I again want to send more gratitude to the beautiful people and the souls who nurture the Serenity House of Flint. And I want to quiet our thoughts and process. Can you just close your eyes with me? We'll take a couple more deep breaths in through the nose. Out through the mouth. in through the nose, out through the mouth, in through the nose, one more time, out through the mouth. And a moment just for me to send my meta to all of you All of my love and energy flows out into our recovery community. It flows out into our holistic recovery community and to really the world, to every human being, every single person in this world needs our loving energy. And I thoroughly believe that with my whole heart and soul. Please reach out to me if you have any questions about any of the stuff that I've talked about, or if you're seeking recovery, if you're needing something and for some reason what I've mentioned tonight clicks with you. I am opened all the time to helping other people find pathways of recovery that work for them, specifically the 12 step pathway of recovery and the holistic pathway of recovery. So if you need any help in these areas, please reach out to me or reach out to somebody. Don't suffer alone. Please don't. We have to speak our truth. We have to be vulnerable. We have to ask for help. And there's so much beautiful help out there for all of us. So find your community, reach out and be well. Thank you, everybody. Welcome everyone to the Serenity House of Flint's podcast. My name is Tara Marina Wallen. I'm the founding director 
of the organization. I have been on this healing path for almost eight years now and all of the things that we offer at Serenity House are whole person centered so that you can heal from addiction, codependency, and trauma. The Serenity House of Flint is a recovery community organization with our mission to advocate for people in recovery and to provide holistic options for those recovering from substance use disorder, codependency, and trauma. This podcast will provide you with content surrounding advocacy and holistic healing options. Some of the programs that you're going to experience will be around using words to heal and education on natural approaches to healing. I want to thank everyone for joining us and I'm so excited for what's to come. If you feel called to find out more about our organization, please visit www.flintserenityhouse.org. If you feel called to give, you can find our donation button on our website. Thank you and enjoy the podcast.